Welcome back to LeashCast. Hi guys, hope you had a great weekend. It was finally gorgeous out. I have to admit it was like a little slice of heaven to have the sun out finally. Um, welcome back. I cannot believe while I was about to set up for the podcast and I'm dropping my Ylang, Ylang essential oils in my diffuser and preparing to relax and have everything set up and have everything ready for the discussion that I want to have. And I'm scrolling through and I see these pictures of anybody, take a guess, Fotis Dulos out in the town, but not out in the town anywhere, out in the town in New Canaan, where for a second I thought to myself, and I know you guys can't see my face, so you don't understand if I'm joking around or not, but not out in the town looking for his wife. No, 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 no. You would think that, you know, after a month nobody found anything. He's a concerned ex-husband, soon to be ex-husband, excuse me. And no, that's not what he's doing. He's trolling around New Canaan. I believe it's Main Street from my recollection of the area. And the first thing I notice is this other woman. And I'm scrolling and I'm reading about all this stuff and everybody's like, you know, who is this? Who is this? And this was earlier in the day today. And it's late Sunday night that I'm recording this, just so everybody knows. I promised I'd have this out by Monday. So, and the first thing I think is, you've got to be kidding me. He's out on a date with a a chick right now. Like, this is unbelievable, you know. And then it didn't even hit me. First of all, it it was confirmed that this was not a girl that he was trying to pursue or take out for sushi. Um, thank God. Uh, number one, I mean, would it surprise me? Absolutely not. It would not surprise me that this guy, Mr. Confidence over here, Mr. You know, Olympic, you know, medalist in his head, uh, uh, water skier champion of the world is taking out a chick 30 days after he murdered his, his, uh, his wife. So that wouldn't surprise me. But what I found interesting and what a lot of people I've noticed was shocked about was they're in New Canaan. I later realized that, uh, this woman was in fact, I believe a family member niece or, um, in some way connected to him. Um, so that sort of made me feel better. I, I don't really know. Um, what I found interesting was, uh, his attire and that he was wearing skinny jeans while having a GPS anklet on monitoring him. He should have went with the boot cut. But anyway, uh, so he's out in New Canaan with this girl that I believe is a family member and they're going for sushi in New Canaan and whatnot. And then they stopped in New Canaan at his Sturbridge house that is up for sale for, I believe, 4.5 million now. Uh, and earlier in the weekend, I was at the beach and I was thinking about this podcast. And I was thinking about what I was going to talk about content wise. And I thought to myself, you know, he's rushing to sell this house. Okay. I understand that he's hurting financially or so he says, but I find it interesting that he's even allowed to in a way. Um, I really, really am. Um, I've been doing some digging to try to understand how that works. Um, I, I do know legally they can't affect anything in regards to him and his business as long as 
his business doesn't interfere with their investigation. But I just find that very interesting why that house is up for sale immediately. It seemed really, really fast to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just because this whole situation is so, so touchy to so many people. Another thing that I was thinking about while watching families at the beach uh, this weekend was how many mothers have friends around them. You know, sometimes moms are with their kids or, well, not sometimes, who am I kidding? They're always around. But when the kids aren't around, it's either their husbands, boyfriends, brothers, or friends, and, or sisters, or, or whatnot. I found it interesting that it's been kind of quiet about Jen's inner circle. And that kind of sprung up so many questions for me in regards to this, because I know for myself personally, my close girlfriends, they, they know so much about me. Okay. They know what I've been through. They know, you know, a lot of, they don't know everything, but they know a lot. And your close friends, whether you're a guy listening or a girl, they know a lot about your life, whether you tell them a little bit or a lot, they know aspects to the problems going on in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's where you create your support system. And I do believe that there are a lot of people in Jen's world, even when it comes to her past in writing and theater and script writing that knew, knew more than I think we even know from her blogs. Um, she just was a warm soul. You can, you can tell that she was an open person she loved to express herself, um, in writing and from, you know, the, the, the writings from, uh, Gloria's speaker on behalf of the, uh, Farber family, I, I've just been blown away by, you know, all the characteristics of Jennifer. And I just, again, going back to what I was just saying, I do believe that her friends know a lot more. And I, I, I hope that they're speaking with the authorities and the police and investigators about, um, what was going on between Jen and Fotis leading up to her disappearance because I do, I, I have a strong feeling like that, that something in there is going to kind of, I don't want to say crack the case, but that's so cliche to say crack the case, but there, there is, there's something that someone could say, you know, while you're sitting down with an investigator, whether it's, you know, Jen was saying that she was going to stop here before she went home or she was going to drop the kids off and was going to meet Fotis for something, you know, I mean, those are those little things, those little intricate things that would really put a hiccup in Mr. Ego's alibi, who apparently was nowhere near New Canaan that day, uh, which I don't believe at all. Um, I do not believe. I personally, in my opinion, like I think I've said already, I believe that um, for numerous reasons, which I'll get into, uh, he just used a different car and put those plates that they found in the storm drain on the car so the police wouldn't see that he was traveling on the Merit or, you know, 95. So, I mean, there's just so many things. I really can't believe it. And it goes back to that picture, that stupid picture I saw today that really just got my blood boiling, to be very honest with you guys. I mean, I don't know how. It's obvious that everybody's going to be taking his picture now. It's high profile. But it's just how it gets 
me emotionally is truly unbelievable. Um, it hits close to home. I mean, I'm around families all the time. I see them with, you know, in activities and whatnot. And I just, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how this could occur in, in such a beautiful town where I used to reside very close by to. So I, I know the area, nothing happens there. And it's, it's just shocking. It's really shocking. I mean, when you get into it, like my previous podcast, it's not so surprising. Um, but needless to say, we have some time before the next hearing for Mr. Fotis. Michelle Traconis has been really, really quiet. In the last podcast, we're now on six, number six, which is great. I, I've been getting great and positive feedback, but I cannot believe that we have not heard from Michelle. I am, she has been locked down and I am presuming it's due to her lawyer. I respect it. I get it. She should be quiet, but I'm surprised that we're seeing more, more of Fotis out and about rather than Michelle. She's probably terrified, you know, I mean, with all this going on and trust me, I don't have much sympathy for her, but I do believe that, like I said before in the past pod, that, uh, she was involved, but I don't think she knew anything. I really don't. I mean, if she did and was able to pass a polygraph, I'd be shocked. And that, that leads me into, I was doing a lot of reading about the, uh, the case in 1986 of the wood chipper murder, where this guy put his wife in a wood chipper in Connecticut. Um, and that was one of the highest profile murder cases that Connecticut saw during that time since this one and and then also the murders in Cheshire but this wood chipper one was was really interesting and was similar to this case with the Dulos family because this guy that put his wife in the wood chipper they technically didn't find a body okay I'm trying to say this as respectful as I possibly can um but they found bone fragments and I mean they they found such a small amount of bone that he, the guy could have got away with it, let's just say, okay? I do believe that the way he was convicted wasn't the first time. Um, actually, I know that for a fact. The first trial was a hung jury, and then I believe he testified, which is never a good idea, and that's when they got him for murder. So, it's interesting, you know, you think about it, Photos, Photos has, Photos, <laughs> I'm literally looking at this photo of him walking in New Canaan, and I'm, now I'm starting to call him Photos, uh, Photo, Fotis, I mean, I've heard people say so many different things, uh, some of the names I can't even say on this podcast, or I'd rather not, but speaking of Photos, uh, I, that photo today, I mean, it really, it really stopped me in my tracks and maybe made it really real for me that he's, He's just out and about living life. And and it's crazy to me because his wife is technically missing. Okay? Or that's what he wants everybody to think. So I don't know why he's not waving around a at least a poster that says, Where's Jennifer? Or make a couple t-shirts and throw it on while you're going for sushi. I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke about it, but come on, buddy. Oh, man. You know, and then the next thing was his lawyer, you know, my, my, my best buddy, Norm that I like to say to my close friends, 
you know, Norm here is now saying that, you know, his, he always has to make a statement after the police. I don't know if you guys are starting to catch on to that. If anybody is is watching this case or keeping tabs on this case, Norm's presence on any sort of news <laughs> regarding this is almost crazy. It's like he's literally on the back of the, the news reporter piggybacking them and grabbing the mic and saying, okay, my turn, you know, which I find so funny. It's like he's trying too hard. Norm, calm down, you know. Um, if you're listening, <laughs> I mean, Norm said something along the lines of, you know, don't quote me on this, but it, it, the gist of it was basically, you know, Fotis is very confident and he's moving on with his life. And I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, we get it. You're shoving it down our throats that you guys are eating dinner together. You guys are going out to dinner. He's trying to sell his house. He's trying to move on. We get it. You do not care about Jennifer. We couldn't get it any clearer, okay? Unless you literally wrote it on a t-shirt at this point that you did it. Um, which, at this very second, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and it's scary. But I do believe, in, and something was really, really great that happened today. I read an article about the police stating that there is a specific reason why they are continuing to look in the trash facility, which is so vague yet so interesting because the police are now showing us from my opinion that they are respecting our concern for the case and the high profileness of it. And the fact that everybody in Connecticut is literally zoned in on this and that they want to respect us and, and give us some peace of mind that they are, uh, I don't want to say it, but because I don't want it to get misconstrued, but you know what? It's my opinion. So, it, you know, it is what it is. I do believe that they have substantial reasons to be doing what they're doing and that they have substantial evidence against them. And they're just, they're just holding it until the right time to slam it on them. And I do believe that, uh, it's going to happen, uh, not too far off in the future. I, I, I mean, I don't really have anything to back that on, but I, I just have a feeling it's not going to be too, too long. Cause I think I really believe that they're being quiet for a reason. And when they're quiet, usually it's like, it's like kids when they're quiet, they're up to no good. But with the police, it's usually they're, they're about to get the no good one. <laughs> so, um, so that was one thing I was thinking about today as well. And it kind of gave me hope, you know, it made me think to myself, you know, this guy who's parading around jogging and, you know, going by the water skiing area. And I, I made a joke in a, in a, in a blog somewhere about, you know, like what's next, what is he going to be doing next? Are we going to video be videotaping him doing jumps at the water ski park, you know, or skateboarding next or getting ice cream. And it's crazy because I said that. And then today, boom, I see these photos and he's out and about in skinny jeans with, you know, his, his anklet on. And I just, I have to shake my head because it is just, it's scary to me. I said to one of my friends, I said to one of my friends, I think it was yesterday. I said, if he doesn't get convicted, I'm moving <laughs> because I, I, and I, I, I laugh because I just can't believe that I feel so strongly on this, but honest to God, I, I just don't understand if they can't get this. I, I, I won't feel too safe. I gotta be completely blunt on that. So, and I think, I think the public's 
view will be similar. I think a lot of people aren't going to feel too safe. I don't know if everybody heard or anybody heard about the fact that the park where Jen's Suburban was found in New Canaan, they are petitioning to get cameras in there. Um, And I think that's great, but it's sad too. I think about Jen's family and how they must feel like, well, it's a little too late now, you know, I would feel that way if I was her family. Um, But it's, yeah, it's a great step. Um, I mentioned in one of my podcasts that you know, I couldn't live without security cameras. In this day and age, I could never. I don't know how people don't have them. I mean, seriously. They are phenomenal for so many reasons. Like I said before, even just seeing my dog, you know, catching him in the act of grabbing a high heel or, you know, I mean, really, or even if you forget something. I mean, there's been times where I'm like, where did I put my purse? Or like, where did I put my keys? Or where did I put... And I'm like going back on the camera and I'm like, oh, there she goes. And, and it's, it's a really great tool. And then you think in those crazy times of life or hectic times, how much of a lifesaver they can be figuratively and literally. So, um, I always push that and I push it on my friends and I'm going to say it here. I, anyone listening, please, please, please get cameras. They're not that expensive and they are crucial to have in this day and age really and and also another thing I didn't even mention was look at the police how many police officers and law enforcement um, guys and gals were saying you know if you have any footage please send it in I mean your camera could literally solve a crime and I mean just thinking of that is is really incredible so that's that's what I was thinking the most of this weekend I tried to take a break from the case uh, for one full day <laughs> I mean, again, I'm laughing because it's really been nonstop uh, that I've been thinking about it. And I did it. I achieved it semi. In the evening, I started reading up um, because I am loyal to a group that I completely adore. And I just had to jump in. But I took the day off. I did a lot of thinking. I thought a lot about what I want to do going forward with the podcast, which was really great. Spent a lot of time with family in the sun and which was needed. Um, a lot of this case brought a lot of appreciation for my, for my family too. I thought so many times about, you know, what, what would happen if, if this happened to me or, or if someone I loved was taken away and I couldn't imagine it. So, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm, it really leaves me speechless. I think about, you know, the fact that Gloria, Jen's mother is going to have to be, you know, battling Fotis not only you know in her mind mentally of what must be going on in her head about where her daughter is but also for the custody of the kids uh that's going to be so rough I don't well I mean emotionally I don't think it's going to be rough I think Gloria is set to get them um just from the, the family court docs that I've read about him having to have supervised visitation and whatnot doesn't really look good for him and especially with all of this craziness around what's going on with the disappearance of their mom and him being connected I doubt the court is going to deem him a suitable fit for the kids so I think Gloria is in the clear with that for full custody of the kids but uh that court date, I believe it's in Stanford, but I'm not sure if it's this week. Uh, but that's coming up and I'll keep you guys posted on that if I hear anything, but I just can't imagine. Um, if you guys are spiritual, if you guys pray, definitely keep Gloria in your prayers. I do. 
I can't believe what she has on her plate. I mean, five kids, number one, two sets of twins. I mean, at the end of the day, I hope she's kicking back and throwing back a couple bottles of wine (laughs) because I mean, we know she's got some help. She's got the nanny and everything, but Oh my Lord. Um, so yeah, I mean, other than that, I've been just really reading up a lot on these cases in Connecticut and how they've been handled and just looking for, you know, different timelines and how long cases took like the wood chipper case for instance that took about three years to to get that guy nailed down for the conviction and that's a long time trials take a long time so I might be taken back what I said previously about this being quickly assembled and brought down upon FOTUS I really think the biggest problem right now is the fact that he runs his business the way that he does. And if you don't understand what I mean, I I mean being a builder and having access to all these homes in different areas doesn't allow the police to really exclude him from going to certain spots where he potentially could have dumped the body. Okay, so I find that interesting that his lawyer, my buddy Norm, and I say that sarcastically, please, if you could only see my face, Norm goes in court. What does he say? He says something. Oh my gosh. I was blown away by it. Oh, so much that he says is just like complete nonsense. I'll get into this next about the gone girl theories. Like you've got to be kidding me. I I literally, I couldn't even walk when I heard that. I almost fell to the ground, but no, Norm specifically said about, you know, uh, judge, um, you know, I want to make sure that all the warrants that are, that are out are, you know, dissolved and they can't be used against my client. And the reason why he said that, I'm sure most of you know, is so that, you know, they didn't let him out of court, you know, bailed out, and then he gets rearrested. So <clears throat> I find that interesting, excuse me, that he has such availability to go to all these areas. So he's he could go to New Canaan, he can go to the Sturbridge House in New Canaan, he can go to Farmington, he could go to all those spots. I mean, if you look on a map, if you look on a map and you look at all the lots in Farmington that he owns... Oh my god. I mean, it's just un- unreal. I I also find it interesting that there's it's kind of been hush-hush about all this poison ivy business on his body that they discovered. That's going to be interesting to come up in the trial. I, I hope it does. But again, I mean, it's all... A lot of it is circumstantial, to be completely frank. And I I think the biggest question that... Norm should be worried about is the simplest question of them all is, is what got Fotis arrested, which is why he had anything of hers. It doesn't matter if it was a Barbie doll with her blood on it. I mean, there's just, how do you explain that away? I, I really, I am dying and I'm, excuse me, I don't even mean to use that word dying to know how how are they going to spin this and to see that they are trying to spin this in a direction of rolling Jen through the mud already is making my stomach turn because I mean what when a criminal defense attorney starts to do that it's like really guys we've got nothing else here than to do that I mean again she comes from a, a great family well-established educated and you're going to try to say that she had these gone girl, you know, fantasies? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. 
first of all, he's, he better be worried about copyright violation on that. If he's saying that she's writing these types of stories, again, terrible joke. But, I mean, give me a break. She's, this is not a Gone Girl theory. Come on. The people that are listening, they all know. We all know she didn't leave. Even though a lot of us, even in my friend group, are rooting for that. I hope I would love her to come back with some hot Italian guy or I say Italian, maybe Greek, <laughs> Greek dude. And is like, oh, hey, Fotis, what's going on? Awful for the kids. This is a total joke. But there's a part of me that actually in my brain, I think it's to calm me down from worrying about her that I literally sometimes will fantasize about it. I'll say, you know, wouldn't it be great? I said it to one of my friends. Wouldn't it be great if she actually came back and was like, screw you, Fotis, you know, but that probably wouldn't go over well with her, especially after all the investigating. But besides the point, I really, I can't believe that they're trying to say that. I mean, unbelievable gone girl theories. Oh, and if you guys haven't heard about this, this is just like, come on, Norman. When I get really mad at Norm, the Norman comes out. Norm, what are you kidding with the $14,000 medical bill? Really? I mean, they're complaining about a $14,000 medical bill that Fotis apparently got, allegedly, for Jen. And they're trying to use this bill to show proof that she was mentally unstable. When I read this, I sat down, I held my head, and I thought, hmm, I wonder why she is unstable, if you say she's unstable. She's dealing with a psychotic, soon-to-be ex-husband who is threatening her all the time that he's going to steal the kids, that he's never going to allow her to divorce him. I mean, and these are just two examples of the craziness that you guys can hear in my first two podcasts. I mean, this guy was a lunatic. And if she was seeing a doctor buddy... That doesn't make you crazy. At least some, you're doing something about it. And, and how can he say that? Look at his client. How can he say that she is crazy? It blows my mind. So if this is their story, I am rooting for a jury that has more than half of a brain. I'll leave it at that and can see through this bullshit. Unbelievable bullshit. Um... And convicts this MFR because he is he's a scumbag. I, I you know you know it's interesting I said today to someone, I said, uh now I'm starting to forget about what he did and just his mannerisms and his and the way he carries himself being away from his children is what's making me really, really upset with him and sick to my stomach. Because someone that is a good person isn't enjoying life and and these luxuries that you do when you are relaxed and stabilized with a strong foundation in your life you know i i can't say that because it's kind of a general well i can it's my freaking opinion so i don't care but what i'm what i mean is majority of people i would believe you wouldn't be jogging when you miss your kids and you're basically being yelled at by moving cars every two minutes. Where's your wife? Did you kill her? You know, all this stuff. I mean, it, how he's able to block out the reality of his life is unbelievable to me. And a lot of people are saying that he's similar to these other murderers, like, um, the Peterson guy. I 
I disagree. I completely disagree. I think this guy is in a league of his own. Nobody that I have seen acted like this. Everybody at least tried to fake cry, pretended to, you know, get on the news and cry out for the wife. He didn't even sneeze on camera. He didn't even, he didn't even give us an achoo, you know, and like anything. I mean, at this point, it's looking so bad, just as my view on this, that he hasn't even had his lawyer make a statement, a a specific statement to his children. Uh, and that's where he's he's failing, I, in my opinion, at this point. I mean, he's failing. <laughs> he's failing across the board, okay? But that, to me, at this point, he it, it's a month now, and you're putting going out to sushi before making a statement to say to your kids, hey guys, daddy loves you, everything's going to be okay. And I was walking back from the beach today and I'm looking at my dog and he's, (laughs) I have an English bulldog and he's just a wild man. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, if only she had a dog, you know, so many things. I mean, like there's so many things that will just pop into my head and I'm thinking about, you know, something that could have jumped on him, scratched him. You know, he was, his body was, I hate to say clean, but in a way clean from any sort of scratching or anything. And I can only imagine what would happen if he had scratch across his face or something, which leads me to believe that, you know, he came in from behind Um, I think that he got her in the garage when she got out of the car from behind and, uh, she didn't really have a chance, you know, it was really fast. And the other thing, which I find interesting is the blood splatter that is on the Range Rover that they, I believe the police have, like, there's been, there's no, there's been nothing, zero zilch nada on anything, which has to be a good sign. It has to be. Because there's a lot that they have that could potentially completely fry him. Like his phone. That's why he's crying for his phone and his hard drives. I mean, there's got to be conversations on there between him and, and workers and family and even even Jen's stuff. Like, that's, that's the one thing I can't get any info on. Um, which is if her bag was left in the vehicle when she went missing, you know. And I'm using quote fingers for those that can't see me, which is everybody. Um, Like I said, I mean, I say all the time, a woman's purse is literally your lifeline. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. Um, I'm not losing hope with the, uh, the police yet. I do believe that they're working on something, especially with that statement to go full circle on this podcast. I, I do believe, again, that when they made that statement today and said you know, um, that they are in that specific spot searching specifically for a reason. It gave me some hope. Um, I think the public deserved it. I think we all needed that. And, uh, I think that it would allow a lot of people to kind of say, okay, we'll back off now. Even, even the news, eh, I don't know about the news, but (laughs) I don't think the news will ever back off, but I do believe that it's kind of like a, okay, we got you. You know, I, I, I feel you on that. You guys are, you guys are doing your job and we got to just let you do that. So that was the only plus the negative of the day was me seeing that guy's face in skinny jeans 
in New Canaan. That really, to me, was just like him flipping off everybody and saying, I'm going to do whatever the f- I want, when I want, with whom I want, and I don't care. And it just made me think about what Jen went through in her marriage. You know, I mean, put this all together in your head, everything, you know, and you start to see what she was living and it's scary. And I totally understand why she did what she did. Um, she got out of there and was, and was trying to do the right thing. And she wasn't a troubled woman. The trouble she had was Fotis and she was doing everything in her power to eliminate that trouble from not just her life, but from the lives of each one of those five kids. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day if you're listening in the day and have a great night if you're listening at night.